Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Today is September 30th, 2022, and our first story. Ukraine formally applies to join NATO, putting us on a direct path to World War III. Vladimir Putin gives a speech annexing several regions in Ukraine and directly threatening the West, saying it's the U.S. that set the precedent for using nuclear weapons. In our next segment, the probability of Russia using nukes, very high, according to Ukraine intelligence chief. It may be that we are walking into World War III. And in our last segment, Trevor Noah, he's quitting. The Daily Show may be done. This is a tremendous victory domestically in the culture war. And while World War III may be substantially more important, winning the culture war is going to be important if the U.S. is able to regain control of itself and be able to stop the crisis before it starts. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. It would be foolish to say today is the moment it all began. Ukraine announces application for expedited NATO membership. It'd be foolish to say that this was the moment the war started because the West and NATO are already involved in this war. But this, my friends, Volodymyr Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, filing for fast-tracked NATO membership, it is a marker in history, a substantial moment for today marks the day if NATO says yes, World War Three has formally begun. Article 5 of NATO states that an attack on one member is an attack on all. Admitting a nation at war into NATO is to declare war on the enemies of that nation. And that's where we are. Volodymyr Zelensky, they've already applied and are being welcomed into the EU. And now they seek to enter the military membership of NATO. This is them formally requesting every NATO nation declare war on Russia and join them in their fight. But my friends, it doesn't end here. In a speech, Vladimir Putin, I don't think he even mentioned Ukraine. He said the U.S. has set the precedent for the use of nuclear weapons. And what we are seeing is Satanist, expansionist, hypocrisy. Vladimir Putin basically said he will lead a resistance against the satanic West. And you know what? A lot of people agree with him. This speech was, it was powerful. I'm not saying it was good for us in the West, but it was a powerful speech in which Vladimir Putin basically condemned the West, speaking very little of Ukraine. This was effectively his announcement to the world to join him. And this, this could be the start of World War III. Whether Ukraine is formally admitted, Vladimir Putin has made his position clear. China is already conducting military drills with Russia, Belarus, and several other countries. And of course, there are many adversaries to the United States. So will this be it? Will it lead to nuclear war? I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes, and I think you'd be stupid to think otherwise. 
Not that it's guaranteed, but that Vladimir Putin clearly is not backing down here. Ukraine applying for NATO membership is beyond a provocation. It is everything Russia said not to do when it said it would negotiate for peace. But Russia is now formally annexing four territories, some that it doesn't even control. And under this, it will claim it has every right to use any and all means to secure these territories. It would be foolish of the West and NATO to believe that Vladimir Putin would not use nuclear weapons. It would be stupid. Because they are tactical and there are low yield weapons. Interestingly, we have a funny quote that it made me laugh. This guy, uh, we'll, we'll pull it up in a second. He said, only a madman would sacrifice Boston for Poznan. Yeah, in Poland. If Vladimir Putin was to use nuclear weapons on a NATO member state like Poland, for instance, I'm not convinced that the U.S. would retaliate with a nuclear strike. Because why would we sacrifice our cities for small cities in Europe? No, it would be strategic. It would be tactical, but it would be devastating. And what we are marching to right now with today, this is the moment. Typically, I like to say how many grains of sand make a heap. And everything we've seen since the start of this year and actually going back several years suggests we're knocking at the door of World War Three. But today is something different. Applying for NATO membership is a boulder slammed into that pile of sand. Sorry, we're not looking at a heap anymore. Something tremendous has just rolled on in and we have a bigger issue to deal with. Direct involvement of the United States into a war that we did not vote for, that we did not agree upon, that Congress did not declare because of NATO. Unless a single NATO state says no. But it's looking like we may be entering World War III. Let's read the news. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member in order to support our work as a member. You'll get access to our exclusive uncensored members only shows for the TimCast IRL podcast Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. Whole lot of fun, spicy conversations. Those are all up now in a massive library going back almost two years now, all available for you when you become a member. But as a member, you are supporting our journalists who report the news all day, every day, and are working hard behind the scenes and even on the ground to bring you the true facts and to cut through all the BS. We got a bunch of other shows, Cast Castle, Tales from the Inverted World. So there's more to get from your membership and we got more coming soon. I want to say just thank you all so much for being members. You really have helped make all of this possible. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel and be the notification. We're very close to a midterm election. How convenient for a president and a political party in control that a war would come because typically people are scared to vote for change during war. We're being censored. If you want to combat the censorship, be the notification and share this video from TimCast.com. Zelensky's remarks were made in a video address on Friday after Russian President Vladimir Putin signed treaties to annex annex parts of Ukraine. Putin spoke during a ceremony at St. George's Hall to celebrate the annexed regions of Donetsk, Lahansk, Zaporizhia and Kherson. During the speech, he claimed the West is trying to turn Russia into a colony and crowds of slaves. History has called us to a battlefield to fight for our people, for the grand historic Russia, for future generations, Putin said. The U.S. and E.U. have said they will not recognize the annexed territory as part of Russia. Moscow said that they will defend the territories by all available means. Shortly after the speech, Zelensky's video was released. We are taking our decisive step by signing Ukraine's application for accelerated accession into NATO, Zelensky said in the video. 
De facto, we have already proven compatibility with alliance standards. They are real for Ukraine, real on the battlefield and in all aspects of, uh, of our interaction. We trust each other. We help each other and we protect each other. This is the alliance. Let me make this absolutely clear for all of you. World War Three. The application to join NATO is not that they want to assist us. It's that they want us to assist them. They are at war right now and only capable because NATO, the United States and others have been supplying them with weapons and intelligence and cold hard cash. This now is them saying we want you as nations and an alliance to directly intervene on our behalf. We are not admitting them. They are asking us to engage in World War Three directly. We can say no. The reality is. We already said yes, whether or not we, they are in NATO, we are already engaged in this conflict. Quote, we are ready for a dialogue with Russia, but with another president of Russia, Zelensky said. In order for Ukraine's membership to be approved, all 30 NATO allies must agree to allow it. Euronews noted that NATO's Article 5 defense clause, the pledge that all allies must come to the aid of any ally whose territory is under threat, would be compromised in the case of Ukraine, as it is unclear what parts of the country would join. NATO has historically been against allowing nations to join if they do not have clearly defined borders and are in the midst of conflict. But where will we go? War. We're in it. We're in it. The only thing we're seeing here is a formality. We've already been involved. This would mark a serious change. And I think the West wants it. Putin says U.S. created nuclear precedent by bombing Japan and vows to smash the satanic West. Rants that America is still occupying Germany. Anglo-Saxons blew up Nord Stream and warns he'll use all forces to defend annexed Ukraine regions. Max Seddon, probably pronouncing his name wrong, Sedan, Moscow bureau, bureau chief at the Financial Times in Soviet Russia. News reports you. Ah, yes. Was that Yakov Smirnov who made those jokes? He has a thread from several hours ago outlining key points of Putin's speech. And I think you should I think you should hear this. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It starts. Putin begins his speech. He starts talking about the votes to join Russia in Russian controlled, Russia controlled parts of Ukraine. Quote, the people have made their choice. This is the will of millions. Thus follows what was called thunderous applause in the USSR. Putin says southeastern Ukraine is actually part of Russia because the Russian state's predecessors, predecessors ruled it. It was a part of the Russian Empire and because the USSR fought to free it from the Nazis in World War II. Putin holds a moment of silence for the separatist commanders and Russian soldiers killed over the years fighting Ukraine in the Donbass. Putin starts a historical rant about the collapse of the USSR in 1991. He says this was a catastrophe 
because the Soviet leaders destroyed our great country and just left the people to deal with it. Putin says people in southeastern Ukraine now are going to live in their true historical fatherland. Quote, I want the Kiev government and their real bosses in the West to hear me. Residents of Donetsk, Luhansk, Zaporizhia and Kherson are becoming our citizens forever. Putin calls on Ukraine to stop fighting and negotiate an end to the war with Russia. But these territories are off limits. We will defend our lands with all the means at our disposal and do everything to to protect our people. This is our great liberating mission. Now, many people have compared Vladimir Putin to Hitler. And I want to point out there are some similarities here, notably the Sudetenlands. Hitler had repeatedly claimed that many other areas in Europe were historically German and that the German lands should be reunited with ancestral Germany. Thus was his justification in many instances for annexation and war. And what we saw was an attempt to placate, saying fine, but Hitler didn't stop and eventually invaded Poland outright. Putin calls on Ukraine to stop the fighting. Quote, the West is looking for new ways to strike against our country, to weaken and destroy Russia. They just can't put up with there being such a big country with its territory, rich natural resources and people who won't live on anyone else's rules. Putin says the West wants to make Russia a colony, rob it, and turn its people into a crowd of voiceless slaves. They don't need Russia, but we do. Applause. Russia will always be Russia. We will always defend ourselves and our motherland. Putin, on the rules-based order in the West, quote, has anyone seen these rules who agreed to them? He says the Western elite is colonial and racist because they are spreading Russophobia all over the world. Even by Putin's standard standards, this is really a blistering broadside against the West. He's drawing a line between the colonial Western elite and everyone else. Going on about the opium wars and the Indian mutiny, the message, Russia wants to lead a global resistance to the West. Quote, the West has said for centuries, it is bringing freedom and democracy to the world. Everything is exactly the opposite. He goes on about Hiroshima and Nagasaki, allied bombings of German cities, the Korean and Vietnam wars. In case you had any doubt what this is really about, Putin hasn't even mentioned Ukraine for about 15 minutes now. This is effectively an official declaration of hostilities against the West. Putin says the Anglo-Saxons are behind the sabotage of the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines this week. Then he pivots to ranting about NATO and other U.S.-led alliances like the AUKUS or the, the AUKUS, I think it's A-U-K-U-S. AUKUS. He says U.S. military doctrine is total domination of the whole world. We hear about the containment of Russia, China and Iran. Other countries are next from the Middle East and Latin America. He says the sanctions blitzkrieg against Russia failed to topple it. And non-Western countries agree with him that U.S. hegemony has gone too far. You can't feed people with paper dollars and euros. You can't heat people's homes with the lies you spread on social media. You can't warm people with puffed up valuations. You need energy sources. Max says, I've watched a lot of Putin's speeches over the last 10 to 15 years. And this is the most anti-U.S. one by a really long way. If I were a Western policymaker wondering if he'd really use nuclear weapons and he hasn't even got to them yet, I'd be very concerned. The only people 
who are ready to live according to U.S. rules are political masochists and other followers of non-traditional political relations. A homophobic joke. Putin rants about sex change operations. This is unacceptable. We have our own future. Quote, outright Satanism in the West, though Putin disappointingly did not expand on this. Putin says Russia wants to lead an anti-colonial movement to liberate the world. We need to turn this disgraceful page. Western hegemony will be smashed. This is inevitable. We must do this for our people, the great historical Russia. Putin bingo. Ivan Ilyin, Ivan Alian, is that what he's saying? If I'm Russian, it means I love in Russian. Truth is on our side. Russia is with us. A standing ovation. That was truly a truly stunning speech, one clearly aimed at sending fear into the hearts of the US, UK and European leaders. Here comes the actual annexation part. After the national anthem plays, Putin and the four leaders, in quotes, of the occupied Ukrainian territories chant Russia, Russia. Putin still hasn't clarified how much territory Russia is actually claiming. Russia is already being pushed back in Donetsk and Luhansk, which Putin has vowed to liberate in full. It doesn't control all of Kherson and Zaporizhia either, but hasn't said what to do with them. One thing Putin didn't explicitly mention in the speech, Russia's nuclear weapons. He said Russia would use all the means at our disposal to defend its annexed territories, but never directly talked about its own willingness to willingness to use nukes. Alexander Dugan, quote, this is fundamental. This is a fundamental declaration of war against the modern West and modern world in general. This is a manifesto of tradition. It can't. I'm sorry. I can't imagine how profound the consequences are. It was an eschatological eschatological religious speech, probably announcing that wrong. Yeah. I think that there is what you truly need to, to, to get out of this. It's not about Ukraine. It's about something else. It's about war between the East and West, China, Russia. Who really blew up the Nord Stream pipelines? We're told the official narrative is that Russia blew up its own pipelines and not say enemies of Russia. I wonder why. The Baltic pipeline's right there. It intersects with Nord Stream. Why wouldn't they blow up the Baltic pipeline? I wonder why. From Newsweek. Jason Fields, the deputy opinion editor, writes, Vladimir Zelensky has the worst idea ever. And he goes on to make points, uh, many points that I've already made. Good points. If NATO went along with it, a war would start like none we've ever seen. Endless troops, streams of tanks, a sky blotted out by warplanes. And he says, that's why it's a bad idea. But he points out, interestingly, Nord Stream 1 is a key natural gas, blah, blah, blah. Now someone has blown a big hole in the pipeline, et cetera, et cetera. It's possible to look, but the issue is we're already in the war. That's the point. It's easy to understand Zelensky's request. Russia is officially annexing large chunks of its country. So where does it leave NATO? Every which way allowing Ukraine to join is insanity. The problem? We are already in this war. He's right. This is a formality, my friends. If you are just now seeing this and wondering what's going on with the trend on Twitter, World War III, or the admittance of Ukraine into NATO, you're late to the party. We are already here, ladies and gentlemen. War doesn't just start with a bullet being fired from a gun. CNBC. The U.S. responded to Putin's illegal annexation of four Ukrainian regions with new sanctions against Russian citizens and organizations. 
President Zelensky also today signed papers to accelerate Ukraine's application for NATO membership. That right there outlines we are in World War Three. Samuel Romani. Breaking. The U.S. imposes sanctions on companies from Belarus, Armenia and China for supporting the Russian military. Defense procurement from Radio Av Tomatika is being targeted by U.S. sanctions. China's Sino Electronics and Armenia's Taco LLC were suppliers to this Russian company. Well, there you go, baby. Does it end here? No, there's more. From the New York Times, Pentagon plans to set up a new command to arm Ukraine, officials say. The mission in Germany would streamline a training and assistance system that the U.S. and its allies created on the fly after Russia's invasion. I can't tell you who's right or who's wrong. I can tell you that I, as an American citizen, have more interest alignment with the West and NATO than I do with Russia. But I can certainly understand Russia's got reasons for their grievances. This is the problem with war. The machine wants you to believe in a one dimensional conflict. They want you to believe that we are the noble crusaders of peace and Vladimir Putin is an evil despot. It is never the case. Competing interests is all we all we have. In the West, we want Europe to get cheaper gas. It's impossible, apparently. It's very difficult for us, I should say. Because Turkey, Syria, Russia, we need to be able to build pipelines through these areas. We can't. Now, interestingly, Libya collapsed. Yeah. So there's opportunity through nor northern uh, Africa. But Vladimir Putin and its allies wouldn't allow us to build and they wouldn't allow the United States and NATO to admit Ukraine. So war breaks out. That's it. The West won't stop. Why would they? Ideologically opposed to Russia. Russia won't stop ideologically opposed to us. You can only, I don't know, choose who you want to believe in war. I think the safest bet is always to root for the United States and hope that we within the U.S. in the upcoming election can do something to guide it in the right direction. We live here. We eat here. We work here. We benefit from what the U.S. benefits from. But I don't stand for the lies and I do not stand for the war. A nuclear war would be devastating to everyone. And that's why I wonder, is this really worth it? The Guardian reported on the 27th, nuclear attack in Ukraine should spark devastating NATO response, says Poland. Zygmunt Rao rules out a nuclear reprisal, but says the alliance is sending a clear message to Russia. Vladimir Putin made a veiled threat again. He said the U.S. set the precedent for the use of nuclear weapons with Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And that was a long time ago, my friends. <clears throat> the power of those bombs, nothing compared to what we have today. And those were gravity bombs. Rudimentary at best. A plane flew over the cities and dropped it. And that was it. And the impact made an explosion. Today, we have airburst. I believe it was impact detonation ground detonation. Now we have airbursts, ICBMs, the Poseidon nuclear torpedo, nuclear artillery. We're not just talking about Vladimir Putin firing an ICBM. He could launch nuclear shells with 10 to 15 times the yield of standard shells. Massive. What we would see from that would be, I don't know, it'd be terrifying. Good times make weak men, weak men make hard times. Because we could not get a functioning government to just say enough. So what do we have? 
NATO hasn't stopped expanding. They don't act like the Soviet Union is gone. They act like it's still there. Russia won't stand for this expansion. War is inevitable. If you could make a bet on it, I would. I have an interesting tweet here. Another one from Samuel, Samuel Romani. He says, Sergei Karaganov says that he is 99% sure that the U.S. will not retaliate if Russia launched a nuclear strike on a NATO country that supports Ukraine. Karaganov's scenario appears to be in relation to Poland, as he says it would take a madman in the White House who hates America to sacrifice Boston for Poznan. Karaganov has made similar claims in the past about Article 5 of NATO having little practical value. It's a really good point. By retaliation, he is referring explicitly to a nuclear strike back. Poland has said that NATO will respond conventionally to a nuclear strike from Russia on Ukraine, but a strike on NATO territory would presumably allow for a nuclear response from the U.S. Poznań in Poland. It's a town of, I believe, um, was it 500,000? 529,000 people live in Poznań. Why would the U.S. risk cities of millions for cities of hundred thousands? I don't know. Poznań County and several other communities, it's inhabited by over 1.1 million people. The right nuclear device would kill all million of those people. The U.S. could retaliate as part of Article 5, use every means necessary. But this would mean that Russia then responds by hitting U.S. cities. I do not believe it would happen. I don't. I think we're helpless. I think the reality is whoever fires the nuke first wins. That's it. If Putin were to fire a nuke on Poznan, wiping out hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million people, many countries in the world may line up and say, we're going to war with you. But it depends on the pretext. It depends on the context. How many countries would line up behind Russia? And when that happens, how many of them will say, fire the nukes? I hope everybody understands. Nuclear war may be inevitable, unfortunately. The scenario I, I, I often want to give to people is this. Imagine you're in, you're in the middle of the woods. You're lost. No civilization in sight. It's been several days. You've killed some rabbits, some small uh, rodents and squirrels or whatever. You've eaten a little bit. And you have some food in a little food pouch. And you have some water in a canteen. But you know you must find food or die. And soon, shelter. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Off in the distance, you see another individual. You're both carrying rifles. You can see he's carrying a rifle and so are you. You can't really tell exactly what kind, but it looks like it may be similar to yours. Maybe it's select fire. Maybe he has more ammo. You don't know. He's carrying a canteen and he has food. What do you do? You don't know this person. You are lost. You're hungry. In your country, most people would probably just shout out, hey, 
I'm lost looking for help. And the good news is that person may say, how's it going? My name's Jim. Let's let's link up. And then you're less guarded. You come up, you might talk. Sounds good. You're from the same place. You probably share a language and share values. But let's erase all that. Let's talk about disparate nations. You are now lost in the woods, bordering a country where fairly hostile, fairly hostile relations. You don't know where the border is. You don't know if you're on it, past it, or on your side. You see a man. You're lost and you're hungry and you don't know what to do. And so you yell out, hey, I'm lost. Need some help. You put your hands up. The guy shouts back, blah, 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 puts up his hands. What did he say? You don't know. What do you do? Serious question. What do you do? Comment. Let me know what you think. There are a lot of ways it could play out. A million and one scenarios. Imagining the scenario is designed to help you understand the conflict of nations. Granted, they scale up. It's very different. But now you're in a position where you can say, do I trust this person? I don't know what they're saying. So what do you do? Do you keep your weapon at low ready? Here's what happens. Let's say your first instinct is to put your hand at your hip at your sidearm and put your hand up, signifying you don't want to fight. But now the man sees you putting your hand near your gun. So he grabs this and holds it down. No, 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 no. And he yells. Or he wouldn't say no. He would go, you have no idea what he's saying. Now he may be giving you instructions. In fact, he may be. He may be saying, stop it, drop it, get on the ground, drop your weapon. You don't know. What if he's a bad guy? What if he wants your food? You need food too. If you don't get food, you're going to die. Do you trust him that'll help you? What if he takes your food from you? Now you're dead faster. He pulls out his weapon. When he does, you draw yours. He sees you pull your weapon. He raises his bang, bang, bang. Now you're shooting at each other. It is not so easy to understand how these things will play out. And maybe that's a worst case scenario. Maybe you walk up with your hands up and you say, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. Who knows how it plays out? You want to be a good person. You want to have the best. You want to believe in the best of humanity. But the reality is you put your hands up, you lower your weapons and say, no fight, no fight. And the guy walks up with his gun out and says, "Okay, pop, pop, takes your food and water and carries on now with two guns. Pessimistic. You know, I don't want to believe it. I want to believe that most people would help each other. But you take a look now at the U.S. and Russia, and we add another. Another circumstance into the mix. It's not just that your nations are at odds with each other. It's that you've heard and you know this man. They eat people. That's right. And you oppose the eating of people. So what do you do when you encounter them in the wilderness? Fighting is the only thing that's going to happen. You're going to avoid each other or you're going to fight each other. Russia does not like us. It's not just that they met a stranger in the woods. It's that they know all about us. They see a person off the di- in the distance and they say, I know all about you. I've heard the stories and you're not going to help me. And the West says the same to Russia. I've heard the stories about you. And now you've approached each other. How could anything but fighting happen? We can agree to stand back and, and avoid each other. But eventually the conflict comes to a, to, to a, to a, it, it comes to a clash. And I feel like that's where we are. We are at the point with the application to join NATO where Russia knows what this means. The annexation of these four territories in response to in response. Zelensky says, "Okay, then we'll join NATO, formally putting those territories 
in NATO's sphere of influence. There you go. Disputed territories in active war. It takes only one NATO nation to say no, it's my understanding, to veto their membership. I think that's probably likely. But, but maybe not. If, the, if NATO wants war, why wouldn't, it, why wouldn't it get war? We're already hearing that they're blaming Russia for bombing their own pipeline and will retaliate if it escalates. I think NATO wants war with Russia. I think Russia knows it. And Russia's vowed to use nuclear weapons if they face an existential threat, which Vladimir Putin has just clearly pointed out they do. He said the West wants to make us a colony, slaves with no voice. Sounds to me like an existential threat to Russia. The criteria by which Russia said they would use nuclear weapons. So what do you do? I don't have all the answers for you, my friends, but I can tell you stay away from cities. Get out of cities while you still can. Find a way. Buy some emergency food. Store some emergency water. And be prepared. A World War III may already be here. That's what the Pope said. We may be living through it. And right now, as World War III, or whatever you want to call it, commences in Ukraine, seemingly we are clueless. You know, many people just mind their own business. Watch TV. Entertainment and say, don't know, don't care. Those people are going to be the worst off. Because when the disaster comes, they'll have nothing. And chance favors the prepared. For those of us that pay attention, perhaps it is dark. Perhaps you may feel it's a bit pessimistic. I think it's a bit realistic. I think watching this show is good for you. I think talking about this is important. When you learn about this stuff, you don't need to wallow in fear or self-pity or panic. You can simply say, I've heard. And what do you do then? You get some supplies. You figure out what makes the most sense and you judge for yourself. Perhaps this will be more serious than we realize. Perhaps it won't be. But at the very least, when it all comes crashing down, you won't be in a city. You'll have some emergency food supplies and you'll survive. And in the event that nothing happens and the war fizzles out and Russia backs down, your worst case scenario is you'll be breathing cleaner air and the food you bought for emergencies, you can just eat it. Or you can sit in a city, ignore the world, play your video games, and then when it all comes crashing down, you'll be in panic, frantic, and starving. Make your choice. Hopefully it does not get as bad as we think it is, but I see, I see no signs of de-escalation. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Perhaps it will be nothing as we cross our fingers and we hope we will not face a nuclear war. But right now over at Fortune, probability of Russia using tactical nuclear weapons is very high, says Ukraine Intel chief as Putin raises the stakes with annexation. Could this be bluster? Ukraine desperately wants more money out of our pockets, so they're going to keep screaming nuclear annihilation so that we keep paying? I don't know. What I can say is we've got a lot of big news this morning. Vladimir Putin has made the official move to annex four Ukrainian territories. We've got some very strange stories pertaining to the potential threat of nuclear war from Politico. The age of predatory nuclear weapon states has arrived. Putin's nuclear threat marks the start of a new era. CNN. 
the most likely nuclear scenario. And don't forget, New York put out a PSA in July on how to survive a nuclear strike. Now, why is that? Maybe it's because U.S. intelligence knew the real risk of a nuclear war or of at least a nuclear strike. They knew the real risk and they said, we're not going to go out and tell everybody it's going to happen. But you put out some information. How many of you have ever flown commercial? I'm assuming most of you, right? In the beginning of every flight, they do one of the most annoying things ever. They tell you how to put on a seatbelt. And I find it hilarious. Dude, I know how to wear a seatbelt. I know where the exits are. I get the mask thing. I have flown before. But it's funny. There's a reason why they do it. There were studies found that when disaster strikes, the people who pay attention during that emergency review are more likely to survive or remain uninjured. And it's kind of common sense, I guess. But you'd think, dude, I can see the exit signs. I know how to put a mask on. I know how to put a seatbelt on. But sure enough, a lot of people don't. And they don't pay attention. They're twiddling their thumbs. So while you or I may be, we may have the cognitive faculties required to survive in uh, the event of a disaster. I mean, obviously, if a plane crashes, you're going to be in trouble. But um, there are other things like, you know, an engine could blow out or there's like a depressurization, things like that. So why put out a PSA on how to survive a nuclear strike in New York? Because perhaps they're thinking the likelihood of such a strike is, well, the likelihood is existent. We'll put it that way. There is even a small probability. You go to the casino, you make a crazy bet. You ever play craps? You say, let me get five bucks on yo. What you're basically saying is five bucks that the next roll will be 11. Yeah, it's not a good bet. But if you win, you win a lot of money. In this instance, the likelihood that the bet pays out when you're warning people about a nuclear strike may be low, but you can't win if you don't make that bet. So what I think, I think that U.S. intelligence does expect there will be, or at least there's a high enough probability of a nuclear strike happening that they said, even if it's 0.01, if there are people who don't know what to do, show it, it will increase the survival rate by even a small fraction. Why not? Because otherwise it makes no sense. I mean, I suppose it may be just local city budget in New York, and they're like, we got the money. Why not do it? Let's go back to this first story. The probability of Russia using tactical nukes is very high, says Ukraine Intel chief. You want to know why I take this one seriously? I do not believe this is an instance of Ukraine trying to shock us into giving them more money for two reasons. First, we're already giving them everything. They don't need to say anything. But secondly, this actually would reduce the likelihood we'd give them money. Saying outright that nuclear weapon use is very, the likelihood of is very high, you're going to get Americans being like, whoa, 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 maybe we should back off from this. I don't think there's anything to gain. I mean, I guess you roll the die. You're hoping that scaring Americans with the fear of nuclear weapons will be like, we got to stop Putin before he nukes. But any sane person is going to be like, this is Ukraine, not Russia. We're not invading Russia. Giving you weapons will not stop them from using nukes. It will only make it worse. Fortune reports. Fears of nuclear war are mounting across the West as Russia mobilizes hundreds of thousands of troops and prepares to annex four regions, which they've apparently done. Russian President Vladimir Putin is planning to sign treaties, take 15% of Ukrainian territory and make a speech at a ceremony in the Kremlin today. The Kremlin claimed that all the regions overwhelmingly voted to back annexation by 99, 98, 93 and 87% respectively. Countries across the world have condemned the vote. 
They say, but as Ukraine arms itself once again to fight against the incoming troops, the threat of nuclear war is increasing too. And an embittered Putin losing on the battlefield may look to strike the region he claims to be liberating with tactical nuclear weapons, according to Ukrainian defense official. Vadim Skibitsky, Ukraine's deputy intelligence chief, told The Guardian that Ukraine's military intelligence has put the threat of nuclear weapons from Russia at very high. Russian military will likely target places along the front lines with lots of army personnel and equipment, key Russian centers and critical infrastructure, Skibitsky said regarding Russia's use of nukes. Everything will depend on how the situation develops on the battlefield. The nuclear weapon Russia may be planning to use is about 100 times more powerful than the type of rockets it has used against Ukrainians so far, Skibitsky added. How would the world respond? Russia has lost as many as 80,000 troops to death or injury by Western estimates and has been forced to scrap its upper age limit of 40 for contractual service in the army. As protests erupt across Moscow and St. Petersburg last week, blah, 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 blah. I don't believe it. Look, I think there are protests, but, you know, I see these videos. There's a video right now where there's a there's a dog standing over rubble and the dog has like moisture stains under its eyes. Dogs don't cry. Okay, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure dogs don't cry. They don't have the tear ducts like we do. And so they place a dog on rubble and they say the poor dog is standing over his home. I don't care. I do not care. You will not tug at my heartstrings to convince me we should be sending weapons and risking nuclear war because a little old dog is shed. The more they put out these videos, the angrier I get and the more I will speak out against support for war. You, want, you don't want to know what would get me to, to uh, actually, to, or I should say, what would, be, what would make me more inclined to support intervention in Ukraine? A well-reasoned argument explaining why we need to hold this territory. Seriously. Yeah, if there was a video and it was a guy saying, truthfully and honestly, you know, Russia controls a large monopoly in, with Gazprom that was putting Europe at risk. It was driving up energy prices and it was straining the European economy. When we tried to offset this by building our own pipelines, Russia began to retaliate. They set up alliances to protect their interests, but this was a military escalation in when it was a market competition. Say something like that. And I might be like, this is interesting. Then once they realized they had lost, because it's true, the Ukrainian people do not want to be with Russia. Maybe in these regions, some of these people do. But, the, but Ukraine, as a sovereign nation, these people know the horrors of Russia and the Soviet Union. They did not want this. So Russia invaded. I'd be like, I hear you. That's compelling. But you know what really, really makes me angry? When they, when they produce these fake propaganda garbage videos that are just too stupid to be believable. I'm sure some of them are real, fine. But the most annoying thing in the world is when you see like a Ukrainian guy with a cigar and he's like, hey, Putin, flicks a cigar and he's like, we're going to crush you. And then they like high five. And I'm just like, okay, dude, this is not a game. I don't want to be funding this conflict. And you've not given any legitimate justification to what's going on. None other than Vladimir Putin is Hitler. <laughs> and now we're risking nuclear war with it, with one of the most powerful nuclear countries, if not the most powerful nuclear country on the planet. And we're supposed to be like, gas is worth it. Yeah. How about you actually justify what you're doing? They, they've not. They've not. So this is what we get. Garbage propaganda. They're coming on being like all of the Russians are angry and they don't want to be involved. Yeah, right, dude. Let me tell you, 
we've got a real risk of nuclear war, and it is worrying. But here we go. From the Daily Mail, Putin's TV propagandist gleefully pounce on Nord Stream conspiracy theories that West was behind sabotage, with claims that Britain sent in divers, adding to Kremlin's claim the blast was state-sponsored terrorism. I'm sorry, conspiracy theories that the West was behind sabotage? You're not doing yourselves any favors, Western media and intelligence. You're trying to convince me that the more likely scenario is that Russia bombed its own energy pipeline and not say, I don't know, the enemies of Russia for which they are at war with. Okay, the Baltic pipe just opened up, but Russia was like, let's blow up our own pipeline. They're saying right now, the conspiracy theory is that the West, who is enemies with Russia and currently engaged in war with them, the conspiracy theory would be that they would bomb their enemy's pipeline. Laughable. The official narrative is that Russia blew up its own pipeline. Why? There are the Baltic pipe crosses Nord Stream. Why would Russia not, I don't know, blow up the Baltic pipeline? Because then it would guarantee their leverage. I'm sorry. Daily Mail says it's a conspiracy theory to think that the West, again, who's at war with Russia, would bomb their enemy's infrastructure. You are pathetic morons. I won't fall for this. I don't care to believe it. Call it whatever you want. You want to come out and make an impassioned plea as to why this is necessary. I'm listening. You want to claim that Russia blew itself up. I'm going to say prove it or shut your mouths. I will not entertain nuclear conflict over your stupid and pathetic propaganda. Psychotic. And I love this one, too. Oh, here's another one from Daily Mail. Who did blow up the Nord Stream gas pipelines, Russia or America? Conspiracy theories point finger of blame at President Biden amid riddle of blasts in Baltic. Pointing fingers at Biden. Okay. Joe Biden said explicitly there will not be a Nord Stream pipeline. They would put an end to it. Victoria Nuland said one way or another, there will not be a pipeline. Okay. Then the pipeline blows up or I should say leaks, and there's explosions detected. And then these people come out and be like, you know, probably Russia that blew up their own pipeline. Yeah. And there are truly people stupid enough to believe this, stupid enough to believe it every step of the way. Last night on IRL, Timcast IRL, check it out. Many, maybe many of you haven't seen the show. We pulled up the Wikipedia page for Biden Ukraine conspiracy theory. Oh, I love it. The conspiracy theory is that Joe Biden went to Ukraine in a quid pro quo, told them to uh, fire a prosecutor. Otherwise, he would withhold loan guarantees. He did not have the authority to do that. It's, a, it's an act of Congress, I believe. And they ended up firing the prosecutor. And the conspiracy theory is that he did it to protect his son because he was engaged in corrupt activities with Burisma. You need only remove one element from this to make it no longer a conspiracy theory. And it is just intent. Let's go over the facts. Joe Biden did go to Ukraine. He did threaten to withhold a billion dollars in loan guarantees unless a prosecutor was fired. The prosecutor was fired. The prosecutor was investigating Burisma, and the action did help Hunter Biden and Burisma. The question is, did Joe Biden intend to help him? That's it. I don't care. You remove intent. It's no longer a conspiracy theory. Then I say, fine. Sounds like a conflict of interest at the very least or at worst, a conspiracy. 
corruption. How about we investigate that? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's amazing. They've lost control of the narrative. And so they're panicking like pathetic. They're, they're, they're panicking like, you know, I was going to say chicken, but uh, chickens don't panic like this. They don't. The noble rooster I will not disparage. No, it's something worse. I don't know, man. Cowering like pathetic whiny babies. Now you've got that video going viral of Jacinda Ardern from New Zealand. And she's like, we have to deal with misinformation and disinformation because how do you stop climate change if people don't believe it's real? I don't know. Explain the truth. They don't have the truth on their side. They desperately need to lie to people in order to enact their policies. I got a solution, you know, I got a solution for this stuff. It's called um, culture, building culture. This is what they're trying to do. Powerful elites, corporations, they are trying to create this woke, homogenized consensus reality. And they don't like that people like I, people like Steven Crowder or Jimmy Dore or Stick Saxonhammer, they don't like that we, uh, we shatter consensus reality. Now, they'd love to just ban us, but it's not so easy. So they need to try and find a way. Conspiracy theory, they say. Come on. That's what they want. They want everyone marching in lockstep like good little zombies not paying attention. Then they can do whatever they want. I have, a, I have an alternate solution. Well-reasoned, well-informed decision-making. It really is that simple, isn't it? Oh, no, but then you wouldn't get to do whatever you want. Yeah. Perhaps they have no faith. These people hold this disgusting ideology. They think people are too stupid. I think people aren't too stupid. I think if people were given proper access to information and you didn't lie to them all the time, they might actually be smart. But you're creating your own problem. You are breeding a generation, generations of really dumb people. All right. Well, you know what? Maybe that's why Bill Gates is like, we got to lower the population growth. Maybe the idea is artificial selection. Because it certainly does seem like everything that's going on we remove the intent. The conspiracy theory is gone. All of the actions being taken, like telling Dutch farmers not to farm when we're facing food shortages, um, sterilizing kids and aborting babies, whether intentional or otherwise, there is one end here, a, a reduced population. So by all means, I don't care to entertain any conspiracy theories that a cabal is trying to do this. I can simply tell you, if you advocate for abortions, you'll have less people. That's just math. If you sterilize your kids, uh, you'll have less people. That's just math. If you tell farmers not to farm when there's a food shortage coming, there will be less people. Not a conspiracy, just a fact. Now, again, if you want to call it intentional, sure, I guess. A lot of people say they're beyond thinking it's a, cons it's, it's a, it's a coincidence. Probably, I mean, Bill Gates talks about wanting to do this and then it happens. Well, okay. Joe Biden comes out and he's like, there's not going to be a pipeline. I promise you that. And then there isn't one. Why should I believe it's not? The United States. Insane. Or, and, and, and the UK, too. It's NATO. It's whatever. The end result is 
Maybe we're already in World War Three. What if we're already fighting the Third World War with Russia? Putin's latest provocations once again put Washington in an awful bind. And what if the reality is nuclear war is coming? And now we bring it all together and wrap it up with a neat little bow. Whatever the intention is, the end result will be less people. We've already seen about 80,000 less Russians. Well, they're not all dead, but you know, many are injured. What would a nuclear war do? Well, that would get rid of a lot of people, wouldn't it? So New York puts out a PSA on how to survive a nuclear blast. Why? Well, I'm not saying anyone's intending to incite nuclear war for the sake of depopulation, but a nuclear war would depopulate. And thus, you want only the strongest and smartest to survive. Everything that's happening seems to indicate a future in which there are substantially less people. Now, if you want to argue there's a cabal that intentionally wants that to happen, hey, you do that. I'm not saying that. That would be a conspiracy theory. What I am saying is that food shortages, economic crises, and war result in less people. Sterilizing kids and aborting kids literally makes less people. So what's the end result? Here's, your, here's where you make your bets, all right? If there's like, I don't know if Vegas offers this. If, if, I'll put it this way. If I went to Vegas and they were like, you're, you're able to bet on population of, of the earth in 10 years, and I could bet like a 10% reduction over 10 years, and it's like the odds are like two to one. Oh, I'd bet everything. I'd just drop all the money. And it's not because of conspiracy theories. It's because you can see all of this stuff happening leads in one direction. And that direction, less people, you know? So uh, maybe it'll be World War Three. Maybe we're in World War Three. Maybe it'll be nuclear war. Somebody messaged, uh, uh, super chatted on IRL saying, Russia's Poseidon autonomous nuclear torpedo has a 100 megaton yield. But it's a torpedo. It's not a, it's not a, uh, what would it be called? Like ocean to air missile or something? You know, you ever see those? The videos are cool. Like the, the missile shoots out of the water and then goes and then shoots off. That's really, it like, that's crazy. So is, is that able to airburst? I don't know. It might be. I don't know. Are torpedoes just only underwater? They also have the Satan II missile, an ICBM with a 50 megaton yield. An air burst over DC would, I think, would narrowly miss us. No, we actually, we in Harper's Ferry, we might get hit by that. Yeah, I don't know if I want to find out, you know, probably don't, don't want to find out. I guess you can look up on these websites to see if you'll be in the nuclear blast from an air burst ICBM, but I'd imagine they'd probably use a multi, multiple independently targeted re-entry vehicle which would just uh, send a single ICBM to pepper the eastern seaboard if we really did get to that point. Now, those would be lower yield, so I'd, we'd probably be fine far away from the cities. But I guess the point I'm trying to say is get out of cities. You know, everything that we've seen, it is encouraging people to leave cities. Food shortages, price increases, economic damage, rioting, all of this other conflict stuff is, we're basically watching it. And the best thing you can do is get out of the cities. Ian brought up a good point last night. He said, World War I saw Russia engage in a revolution, a civil war, essentially, and a world war. Yeah. He said, so we could see both just like they did. Yeah. And then the United States turns into the uh, American empire, I guess. It's a scary thought because we certainly would not want to live under the boot of a woke cult ideology. I got another segment coming up for you at 1 p.m. I think it's going to be about Trevor Noah. There's a clip. Trevor Noah put out a video where he's like, I'm leaving the show. Thank you, everybody. And then it shows the audience. 
and everybody's wearing masks. And I'm like, it's September 30th, 2022. It has been almost three years. We are no longer, uh, Joe Biden said the pandemic was over. The mask mandates are gone. Yet in New York, they're still doing it. Yeah, I don't want to live under the boot of, of some crackpot cult. But maybe we'll just get wiped out in nuclear annihilation. So there's that, I guess. So, hey, best of luck to y'all, everybody. Hopefully this is bluster, but it really, it, there's, there's one question I think you should, you should always ask as you move forward through these stories. Are there signs of de-escalation? Unfortunately, the answer is no. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Trevor Noah is leaving The Daily Show. After seven years, it's all coming to an end. Now his ratings were basically in the gutter, but that's probably more to do with TV. On YouTube, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah was getting like 60 million views. That's right. Trevor Noah's show on The Daily Show rivaled that of Timcast. It's kind of crazy for me to think about that. Uh, that's around how much we're getting on our network. And that's just like the Tim Pool stuff. But the, the reason I bring all this up and the reason this is, is so important. Trevor Noah's exit marks the end of an era. The behemoths of cultural impact are dying and they know it and they're very upset about it. It's not just Trevor Noah. This year, we have seen the end of many titans. James Corden leaving The Late Show in 2023. Samantha Bee's show was canceled. And I don't want to say that, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that they're titans necessarily. What I mean is, the cultural institutions, the corporations, they have tried, they have clawed, and they have desperately begged. Please watch. People don't want to. So as we're learning of Trevor Noah's exit, there's a few things to point out here. Mainly, the rise of independent, libertarian, conservative, moderate. Let's just say the rise of the anti-cult. Because as Trevor Noah leaves, I want to start off this segment by showing you this image. In a video titled, A Special Message from Trevor Noah, Trevor says, I'm leaving and it's been great and I'm thankful to everybody. And then they show the audience. Take a look at this. The year is 2022, the month, September, the day, 29th. And there are people in New York still 100% masked, every single one of these people. Something's wrong with them. I will, I will say it again. Something is wrong with these people. Joe Biden came out and said the pandemic was over. Don't trust Joe Biden? Okay, I don't blame you. The dude's out of his mind. But the mask mandates have been over for what, a year plus now? When did the mask mandates end last year? Pretty sure it was over a year ago, a year and a half ago now. I mean, I don't know about New York, but apparently they're all still doing it. Because I'm going to say it again, something's wrong with these people. And this is probably why the cultural institutions are in decay, at least one of the reasons. Not specifically the mask thing. Like, I don't care if you want to wear a mask. I get it. I'm just saying, like, why is every single person in the audience at Trevor Noah wearing a mask? They probably make them do it. Why do they make them do it? I have no idea. Must be that they're in a cult. I remember a tweet from David Hogg. He said that even if the mask mandates were over, he wouldn't want to take it off because people might think he was a Republican. Because you're in a cult. Watching these media personalities leave, lose out, or just falter. It's confidence building. It is. And so the other big news here, Fox News' Gutfeld rides high in late night 
After 18 months, it's become appointment viewing. Sure. I think, what are they saying? Six weeks? Is it uh, six? the sixth consecutive week as the most, most watched show in all of late night? Congratulations, Greg. You know, it's funny. Tim cast, uh, so this show and IRL, we produce, we produce a lot of content, probably way less than Trevor Noah. So we do, I think, what are we, what are we, what are we pulling in? Three hours of content per day. Between all of that, maybe three and a half, we're hitting around 60 million views across the board. That's not including any of the other Timcast shows like Pop Culture Crisis or Tales from the Inverted World, which admittedly are nowhere near as large as Timcast. Trevor Noah was getting just about that. He was getting 65 or so per month, producing substantially less. But here's a little uh, 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 something you all need, you, need to understand about market audience, etc. If I there, there's a um, there, there's a bell curve, I guess. At a certain point, producing more content does not result in more viewership because people can only watch so much. You've hit the upper limit of what your audience size is. If we were to reduce Timcast IRL to a weekly podcast, we would probably be getting one to two million views, maybe more than that, one to two million views per episode. But we, but it's a five it's five days a week. So Monday through Friday, you break that up, we're getting like four hundred to five hundred per episode. That's a diminishing return we'd probably get like 1.4 or whatever. Anyway, my point is, Trevor Noah's viewership is in some ways comparable, granted way more on his show uh, to us, but they're done. Trevor Noah's out. There's no community behind what they're doing. Their weird lies, their cult-like behaviors and their show just, it's done. It's not working anymore. They're a cult as exemplified by the masks. But I want to show you something real quick. Head over to Twitter and follow at Timcast News. We got 10,000 followers and we just launched. It's well, it just joined October 21, but the tweet started going up officially, I think only a few days ago and already 10,000 followers. Timcast.com slash news. Just follow us on Twitter. And here's the story. Trevor Noah to exit the Daily Show. The comedian who came out of near anonymity to take over the program from John Stewart in 2015, plans to exit the flagship, com- flagship Comedy Central series after a seven-year tenure that saw him transform it for a new generation of viewers who are more at home on social media than they are cable outlets and broadcast networks. Noah revealed his plans to an audience at Thursday evening's taping of the program in New York, in New York saying, I've loved hosting this show. It's been one of my greatest challenges. It's been one of my greatest joys. I've loved trying to figure out how to make people laugh, even when the stories are particularly Ishy on the worst days. I'd like to take you all back in time to when John Stewart was hosting the show. John Stewart praised Project Veritas on more than one occasion. I mean, he mocked them a little bit too, but he mocked everybody. But he actually praised the work they did. I think it was on Acorn. John Stewart would call out the corporate press, be it Fox News or otherwise, often Fox News. However, despite the fact that we can look back at the content produced by John Stewart and say some of it was rational and reasonable. John Stewart ushered in an era of vapid brain drain. And for that, there needs to be some reflection, reflection on the part of John Stewart for his legacy. John Stewart, you know, he went on Crossfire with Tucker Carlson, and I don't know who else was on it. And he basically told them that they were bad and that it was a bad thing to do. Here you had a show, I think it was CNN, 
Crossfire was a conservative and a liberal, and they would discuss news and, and have arguments about them. And John Stewart comes in and just roasts and rags on him and mocks Tucker Carlson and says it's stupid, it's bad. Tucker did not perform well in that, that famous historical video. But some say that was the nail in the coffin for Crossfire. Uh, John Stewart, he said, I am a comedian and I am presenting the news in this way and calling things out. And you guys are putting on a spectacle. I am the noble one, so saith John Stewart. And then what happened? Because of the success of The Daily Show and what John Stewart did, they hired a bunch of other people. Colbert got a show. Trash. Now, now he's hosting, what is it, The Late Show or whatever? So the, the viewers are basically baked in, though decaying. It's really funny because one of the funniest things about Colbert is that he's mocking his own audience and it doesn't work. The reason the ratings are down, one of the reasons, is that it's older people watching TV, but you're ragging on older people's politics. But we got, uh, was it Jordan Klepper? We got John Oliver. We got Samantha Bee. And of course, Trevor Noah. This breed of, what's the right word? Mechanical mechanical presentation of news comedy. John Oliver, for instance, it was so formulaic, it generated memes. It's current year, little Timothy. Because that's what he would say all the time. He had one joke. John Stewart at least had some authentic criticism, but it's all come crashing down. Trevor Noah was only getting a couple hundred thousand views per show anyway. They would then put up clips on YouTube and they were getting, I think last month, around 55 million. So hey, good for them. Granted, they're writing the legacy of Jon Stewart. They are basically wearing The Daily Show as a skin suit, and YouTube is propping them up. So let me make this clear for all of you, why it's all just good news. The corporate establishment is dying. We all saw this in July. Samantha Bee's full frontal, frontal canceled. Good. It was terrible. Nobody watched it. Despite the fact that YouTube and social media props them up, they could not make it work. Let's talk about Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah gets 55 million views on YouTube. Why? Because YouTube props him up because their legacy. That's it. And we get censored. That's right. Many people pointing out they're not getting notifications for Timcast IRL anymore. So I tell people you've got to be the notification. We are swimming upstream. They're swimming downstream. And in the end, I think our cultural efforts will take over. They are taking over. And that means culture war victory. I put out a song about a month ago. Did really, really well. Salon's pissed. I'm like, I don't know. I just made a song. We made a song. I don't know. What are you like it? You don't like it? Whatever. Hit number two on Billboard. So, you know, there's that. Number two on iTunes. All good news. And they're losing their minds over it. The response we get from making culture is that we are bad at it, despite the fact that we are winning at it. They mock Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire, despite the fact that they are winning at it. So, I mean, I guess the point of all of this is white pill moment, I suppose. Trevor Noah's departure is, look, who are they going to be able to get for that show? I think that's the end of the Daily Show. It was already bad enough with Trevor Noah. He was just not good. It's all pandering. It's all uh, red meat to the cult, hence the masks in the audience. Nothing substantive, just whatever we think popular opinion is, we espouse. But the narrative is broken. Someone super chatted us on Timcast IRL and they said, you know what I see whenever you talk about culture is that no one really knows what culture is and it's just spectacle and entertainment. And that's, that's wrong. We know what culture is. 
Culture is the clothing you wear. It's the food you eat. It's the language you speak. It's the, the land that you share. It's so many things. It is shared behaviors and values among a people. Culture. When I talk about why we need to win the culture war and why we are making culture like the Cast Castle vlog, check it out at TimCast.com or music, <clears throat> why it's so important that we highlight when there are great victories like Trevor Noah leaving, the show is getting canceled, is that our culture is shaped by those with influence. And if we sit back and let people like Trevor Noah dictate what is meant to be acceptable and funny, this country will be led by people who don't actually know what's happening. They're lied to and manipulated, and they believe stupid, garbled nonsense. Hands up, don't shoot was fake. The Covington kid's story, that was fake. Jussie Smollett's story, that was fake. Russiagate, that was fake. Ukraine gate, that was fake. Ahmed Arbery, that was fake. And it's because of these cultural institutions, people believe it. And now watching them decay and watching Greg, Gut Greg Gutfeld succeed six, six consecutive weeks. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's, it's supposed to be a little rainy. It's getting a little chilly. But you know what? It's a good day. Watching them decay and watching our victories. We need more. I hear often from people over at Timcast IRL, a lot of the super chats saying they're starting podcasts. That's one way to do it. But I want to say too, just because we do a podcast doesn't mean a podcast is the only path to success. There's a bunch of things you can do. Skate, play music, play board games, Dungeons and Dragons. I'm just naming off things that we do, but have, an, have, have a potential for culture building. And here's where it matters. When you make a show and you see a video of a guy, let's say there's a dude and uh, he's raided by the FBI. What would we get from the left? They'd be like, oh, well, you shouldn't have been a criminal. Then the audience laughs. And that's Trevor Noah. What do we want to hear is, is the government justifying its raid on the home of this individual? One example, there's a guy, pro-lifer. After three years and having charges dismissed, or, or I, I think he wasn't even indicted, I don't know. The feds raid this guy's house, 30 agents, some random guy. Why? That's the kind of thing that we should be mocking and saying no to. When you control culture, you control politics. If you can convince everybody, if, you, if there's one show, one show, no other channel, let's say every channel's deleted, and the only show is Trevor Noah, everyone's going to watch it. And some people will disagree and some people will agree, but many people will passively absorb what he says and assume it's true. And then he'll come out and say things like, but we need the FBI to raid this guy's house because this guy is, is he attacked a pro-life, a, a pro-choice person. You can't do that. You have to be arrested. You have to be beaten and flogged in public by everybody. And there's going to be a lot of people going to be like, mm -hmm, oh, yeah, mm. you ever watch Big Bang Theory? Oh, man. It's like there's not even jokes in that show. But think about how many people just passively watch that. So we need to build culture, have conversations that say no. We don't accept that stuff. So right now, it's not just the end of the, of the Daily Show, presumably. It's the rise of Greg Gutfeld. Look at this. Gutfeld marked its sixth consecutive week as the most watched show in all of late night, beating CBS's The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He beat Fallon and Kimmel, but who cares about them? Wednesday night, one of those stars was Fox and Friends co-host Steve Ducey, who drew some laughs, blah, blah, blah. And they go on to mention people watch the show. Last week, Gutfeld was the only late night program on TV to draw an average audience of more than 2 million viewers. Colbert had a total audience of 1.867 million. 
Fallon drew 1.481 million and Kimmel had 1.3. Comedy Central's The Daily Show was nowhere near with 349,000. And YouTube props them up. It's the most infuriating thing, despite the fact that they know our shows are way more popular with better retention. They only prop up the garbage. Why? Simple. Narrative control. Gutfeld is on a mainstream platform, Fox News. YouTube screws them a little bit, but they still get big benefits. It was May of, I believe, 2018 when YouTube shifted the algorithm, nuking channels like mine. And then all of a sudden you could see in the data, MSNBC, Fox News and CNN skyrocketed in recommendations. My channel and many others went straight down in recommendations. We used to see large audience growth. And then they smacked us in the face because we're outsiders. But you know what? No matter what you want, it doesn't matter because meritocracy still rules out. What they would prefer over at Google is a controlled narrative. But unfortunately, the infrastructure was built over a long period of time and you can't do anything about it. They're trying. They're making it harder and harder for people to grow and people to establish themselves. But in the end, merit still wins. So despite the fact that they're trying to censor us, that they don't send out notifications for our live show, despite all of that, the merit of the show still generates shares and revenue and makes us grow. And they can do nothing to stop it. Oh, I've got big news coming up soon. Maybe I should just say it. Maybe, maybe I should. You know what? Let's do this. I'm in a good mood. We just secured what's called the North End domination of Times Square for New Year's Eve. Yeah, I don't know. I, we just did it because we can, because we're taking over and we are winning and they are losing. The North End domination is most of the ads on the North End of Times Square which should mean on New Year's Eve, when this location is broadcast to the entire world on the entire north side, except for there's a couple ads that are owned by like Coke or something. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There are five billboards from the ground to the top that will say TimCast.com. And it's kind of crazy to think about. Our ratings collectively, the Tim, Tim casts the shows, just me. Oh, I'll put it this way. Tim Pool's content rivals the viewership of Trevor Noah's. Now, I know he's way down from where Jon Stewart was, but the fact that we have grown to a point where they've dropped and we've risen, it's the Thucydides trap of culture. A rising economic power is displacing the dominant force. And now we were able to, we just signed the deal. Not only, oh, this is going to be so good. Not only when you are watching Times Square New Year's Eve, are you going to see this big, beautiful TimCast IRL and TimCast.com ad synchronized across the board for everyone in the world to see on New Year's and Christmas. We got it for, for several weeks. 
we were invited to the official VIP New Year's Eve Times Square party with politicians, with members of media and big ad agencies and people who I'd have to imagine probably don't like us all that much. But you know what? There is nothing you can do to stop it. It's time that something new took the place of the decaying old establishment. And it's not about being conservative, because I'm certainly not. Ask any conservative. It's about shutting out the cult. And something will be said to all of these brands when they are trying to when they are trying to figure out who is this guy and how can he afford to buy North End Domination on New Year's Eve. CNN's going to be broadcasting it. And I'm going to say it's because your garbage content is not what the American people want. So how is it that a high school dropout from the south side of Chicago is able to rival that of The Daily Show. And, and our views are dropping and our host is quitting and this guy is standing here? Yeah. And of course, we're bringing Luke Rudkowski. It warms my heart. It's a victory lap. It warms my heart. I want you all to understand. I, I don't mean to brag or make it seem like a humble brag. I want you to understand what makes me the most proud. And it is that Luke Rudkowski one of my best friends of the past 11 years. We've traveled the world. We've been some dangerous places. He's got his show and he co-hosts with us periodically on Timcast IRL. He is a man who has confronted world leaders, the chair of the Federal Reserve, the Rothschilds, some of the most prominent people in the world, the head of the CEO of Google, Anderson Cooper himself. We got him up on a Times Square billboard because I want every one of these elites who was, was angry that this dude would dare challenge them to see his face looking down on them in their space. And it's going to be really funny. Come New Year's Eve, when we have a picture of me, a picture of Ian, a picture of Luke, some other individuals who mock the system and we're very excited for, when all of us who despise the cathedral and the establishment are looking down on these cultists with contempt, and are standing in their midst at the party, they will say, how did this happen? And we will say, when you retreated and entertained the cult ideology of the woke left, you left the door open for us to simply walk on through. I'm really excited for this. It is expensive. It's particularly expensive. But it says something. What you need to understand from a business perspective, outside of the personal stuff, Securing Times Square ads on New Year's Eve is possibly one of the most valuable ads money can buy because every I mean, this is an, the, the Times Square will be broadcast and photographed around the world for the ball drop. Now, we don't have the so here's how it works. There's. A hundred seconds in rotation, we have 10 of those seconds, so every 90 seconds we get 10 and that will show Tim cast the entire span of this tower. Save, I think, two ads. It's like Coca-Cola and M&M's. We have on the sides, in the middle, on the bottom, and then off to the side again. And it's going to be, it's going to be a handful of rabble-rousers, like me and Luke. And during Times Square, we are going to be staring at the crowds. And, and it's just an ad. But to the powers that be, they will see one thing, defeat. They will see their power slipping from their hands. 
We are totally independent. Timcast is solely owned and operated and financed by me with no outside investors. The funding comes through our customers and viewers like you. There is no powerful interest. There is no billionaire. There is no government asset. None of it built from the ground up and now staring the elites in the face. I, there's nothing I despise more than elitists, than elitism. I hate it. I, I just can't stand it. The people who are born rich and stay rich and don't have to take risks. I don't mean anything personal by it. But when they set up these spaces and act like they're better men through nothing earned, not a fan. I've always been a bit of a lefty. I despise how we have this class of people who are handed wealth and for that they are able to stay wealthy forever. I believe in meritocracy, individualism and personal responsibility. And this is us saying we're taking over. I'm really excited for this. And it's all possible thanks to all of you. Granted, hard work over here at Timcast. We all work very, very hard. You know, I'm, I, I, I typically work 16 hour days. I, I get like an hour to exercise and an hour to eat lunch, but 8 a.m. until 11 p.m. every day. So how many hours is that? A little bit. That's, what is that? <laughs> that's, 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 that's actually only, what, 15 hours? But every, every day, Double shifts. No, I'm way off. Am I, am I wrong on that one? No, that's 15 hours, right? Oh, whatever. I can't think. It's a lot of hard work, but it's all your support. Because you guys are members at TimCast.com, we're able to pull this off. And I was, I was not convinced that we should do the Times Square thing. I, I, you know, I talked to the company and I was like, I don't know. It's a lot of money. And uh, I talked to some friends and they were just like, imagine standing there in the VIP section at this, uh, at this uh, uh, there's going to be a bathroom. At this event, that's invite only. The only people who are going to be there are New York politicians, probably a lot of Democrats, the heads of advertising agencies, and big corporations that buy the space in Times Square. And you'll be standing there next to them. It's going to make for some interesting conversations, I wonder. I wonder. But at the very least, it's to send a message. This year, we've, we had a, a, lot of, uh, a, a bunch of ads around the country. Mostly just Chicago and New York. And, oh, that was weird. We've had uh, uh, many ads. And, um, yeah, we're taking over. I, I should just keep writing on this one, so I'll leave it there. But I'm really excited for this. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.